Welcome to Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana Bloomington. I'm Karen Greenstone, along with Dr. Rob Stone. Hello. Dr. Ed Weisbart from St. Louis has been our guest in the past. He is the Board Secretary of Physicians for a National Health Program, PNHP, and the Chair of the Missouri Chapter of PNHP. Dr. Weisbart has an extensive history with a strong focus on strategic planning, medical group leadership, and political advocacy. He is a national speaker promoting an understanding of the healthcare needs of the uninsured and motivating all of us to create a national health program, Medicare for All. Dr. Ed Weisbart, we welcome you back to Prescription for Healthcare. Thanks. How nice to see you both. Dr. Weisbart, you've been on the front lines of advocacy for a national health program. Currently, you're working on the disadvantages of the Medicare Advantage program. Let me state up front for our listeners, as I have in the past, Medicare Advantage programs are not traditional Medicare. They are private insurance companies whose specific purpose is to make profit. This topic is important to everyone, especially seniors right now, since we are currently in the enrollment period through December 7th. Dr. Weisbart, will you please share with us the most important things we should know about traditional Medicare and Medicare Advantage programs? That's really important. So traditional Medicare is exactly that. It's traditional. It's historical. In 1965, it's set up this program that's just designed for one purpose only, and that's to improve the health of seniors and people with disability. That's what it's designed to do. There's nobody in the middle trying to make a profit off of it. It's set up so you can see virtually every doctor and hospital across the country, and it's remarkably efficient and effective. You stay in complete control of your healthcare decisions. It's just a great program that improves the health of seniors and actually rescues them from poverty. It's a spectacular program. And then some 15, 20 years ago, the investment community decided that they wanted to get a piece of that. And so they negotiated getting Congress to overpay them, pay them more than what the program costs in traditional Medicare. And now there's this profit-centered intermediary that's in between you and your Medicare program. So instead of, is in traditional Medicare, having Medicare pay your doctors for you, now Medicare doesn't do that if you're in Medicare Advantage. Medicare pays uh, an insurance company, just like they do for most like employer insurance companies. And those insurance companies are then prepaid by Medicare to take care of you. And once they're prepaid and the money's in their bank account, they don't want to let go of it. They've got that money. They're investing it. They're doing what they want to. And the last thing they want to do is spend money on your health care. That doesn't help them. So they put in all kinds of things to deny your care, to delay your care. And there's some emerging evidence that you tend to die more, especially after cancer surgery. There's a new study that came out showing that people in Medicare Advantage after cancer surgery have higher death rates than people in, in traditional Medicare because of the delays and denials and restrictions that they put in. If you go into Medicare Advantage, you're taking a gamble. You're making a choice. You're taking a, taking a risk that you're going to spend less on premiums because the Medicare Advantage companies are overpaid and are able to avoid charging you premiums like Medicare programs you have to do. So you're taking a gamble that you're going to save money by not paying a premium for Medigap. But when you get sick, you might get great care. A lot of people do fine in Medicare Advantage. I don't want to say that, that it's universally bad, but you are taking a risk that you're not going to get sick in a way that they're going to stop you from getting the health care you need. 
And that doesn't happen in traditional Medicare. You give up your traditional Medicare to go into Medicare Advantage. And Medicare Advantage is really neither Medicare, completely different than Medicare, and it's not an advantage. It's worse unless you're the CEO or the investment community, and then it's an advantage. But for the rest of us, it's Medicare disadvantage, not what they call it. Particularly people on fixed income having this carrot in front of them that they're going to have a very low premium. And as I shared with you, this postcard that I got this week that said I could get up to $917 in groceries or pet care, among other things, if I signed up for a Medicare Advantage program. So they're really dangling a lot of juicy carrots out in front of people to try to lure them into this program. And to be clear, they're trying to lure in relatively healthy people, not sick people. But a healthcare program should be designed with really making sure that sick people get healthcare. Uh, but that's not what Medicare Advantage does. Medicare Advantage is luring people in with gym club memberships, maybe grocery help, maybe pet care and a few other things that are targeting relatively healthy people because they cost less to take care of. And we don't really know yet how this grocery and pet care thing is going to work out for them. We know that they lure us in with dental care and other things and that Historically, those have been pretty inferior dental insurance and pretty inferior benefits that are very attractive, but really inferior. And we know, for example, that people that sign up for Medicare Advantage because they're lured in by dentistry benefit actually report more financial barriers to dental care than do people in traditional Medicare. People in traditional Medicare, even without having a dental benefit, don't report nearly the same rate of financial barriers to dental care as people in Medicare Advantage. We know that about dental care. We don't yet know about the groceries. And you got that postcard. I've seen somebody with a postcard that said $2,000 of groceries. But if you read the fine print on those offers, it says you might be eligible for it. Mm -hmm. And we know that a lot of the times those you might be eligibles really only apply to a tiny fraction of the people that they claim to be offering it to. So I think the school is still out on whether that's even something that they're offering. And if it is, it's still something that's not, you want to make sure that when you get cancer or whatever thing you get, you want to make sure that you're in control of how that gets treated. You want to make sure that you get to pick the doctors and the hospitals that you want to go see. And you're giving that up when you go into Medicare Advantage. You give that choice up. Would it be nice to have $900 of grocery? Absolutely. That's huge for a lot of people. But know that even if you are one of the few that they're not lying to and that does get that, you've given up a lot of control over things that probably also really matter to you, like where you can go to get your cancer care. For your work with PNHP has been in the news about the insurance companies that sponsor Medicare Advantage programs draining traditional Medicare trust funds of billions of dollars. Will you please talk about this report? Yeah, we thought this was really important because there's pretty wide recognition that the Medicare Advantage companies are getting paid more per person than people in traditional Medicare. Uh, There's an overwhelming body of evidence saying that despite getting paid more, health outcomes are inferior, like I just described for post-operative cancer care. Um, But that's vague. We've seen dozens of studies that have looked at each of the separate ways in which Medicare Advantage companies are getting this extra money. But we haven't found anybody who rolled up all these factors together into one study. And if you don't roll it together, it's hard to figure out how much it is. Well, we didn't recreate the economic literature. We're doctors. We're not economists. But we did look at what's published on it. We found four major factors, which we can walk through if you want. But we found four major factors. And the punchline is 
that we believe that adds up to about $140 billion. The lowest estimates using the four major factors would be $88 billion, but we think $140 billion is the right number. And understand $140 billion is an order of magnitude larger than what people in Congress are saying. We're hearing people in Congress saying it's overpaid by $10 billion or $15 billion. And we believe the legal number is, is probably more like $140 billion. And that doesn't count the fraud and abuse, which is legions beyond that. Okay, so I just said $140 billion. That's like this incomprehensible number. Is that a lot of money? And what's federal budgets? What does that mean? Because that's how I think. I can't understand how big $140 billion is. So what we did as a comparison was we looked at a number of other things in healthcare. And, And the most striking one is we looked at the Medicare Part B premiums. In case you're not focused on this, let me remind you all that Medicare has two parts, A and B. And Part A is your hospital care. And then Part B is outpatient care. And almost everybody who's in Medicare pays a premium to have that Part B coverage. Premium is about $170 a month per person. And it's not like we see it, right? You don't write a check. It's taken out of your Social Security check. You sign up for Medicare Part B, and almost everybody does. Your Social Security check is reduced by about $170 a month. Where does that money go? We looked at that. Uh, And if you add up $170 a month for everybody who's in Medicare, that's in Part B, that's in Medicare Advantage, that's people with disabilities, that's seniors. If you add up how much those premiums add up to, it's $130 billion. We just said that there are legal ways that Medicare Advantage companies are pilfering us by $140 billion, which is a larger number than the $130 billion that all of us pay in our Part B premiums. We think we're paying our Part B premiums because that's the only way that the federal government can afford to give us all the benefits of Medicare Part B. (laughs) But yet they're throwing away more than that. The Medicare Advantage companies are robbing us of a larger number of that completely legally. And when I realized that my Part B premiums are essentially funding this overpayment to the Medicare Advantage companies, I, I, and I think most seniors and people with disability become pretty angry about that. And we want to fix this. Hearing and vision combined, adding dental, hearing, and vision for everybody in Medicare comes to about $80 billion. So we could add dental, hearing, and vision for everybody in Medicare for far less than we're letting the Medicare Advantage companies drain from our coffers. When you put it in context like this, it's really important that PNHP added up all those numbers that nobody else has done that we've seen, and then put it in this context, we have to fix this. We have to fix this. Dr. Weisbart, will you please tell our listeners what your prescription for healthcare is and how they can get involved since we need to solve this? Yeah, the right answer, the elegant answer, of course, is we need to just simply pass the bill that's in the House or in the Senate that would establish a single-payer Medicare for All program, and then we wouldn't have to talk about Medigap and Medicare Advantage. You shouldn't have to do that. You should just have healthcare in the water. If you need to go see the doctor, you should be able to go see the doctor. You shouldn't have to decide, can I afford to get my kid's shoes next month if I go to the doctor to treat my diabetes? Nobody should have to do that. Now, the way every other modern nation does that is with some form of national health insurance. And we believe the most sensible way in the United States is to take the Medicare program, improve a few things about it, and then just give that to everybody. The number one strategy is is, is to speak to your members of Congress. And if they have not co-sponsored the bill that's in the House and the Senate, 
Help them understand how important it is to you personally and why you think that it's the right thing for the country. Cost less money, not more money. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we need to improve traditional Medicare, right? Traditional Medicare parts A and B is shrinking because the Medicare Advantage companies are overtaking it because we're letting them be overpaid. And with those overpayments, they're offering things that traditional Medicare doesn't offer, which I just demonstrated to you are not that expensive. We can offer that. So we need to eliminate how much you have to pay out of pocket if you're in traditional Medicare. So improved traditional Medicare is really critical to keep the Medicare Advantage companies from growing. As they grow and traditional Medicare shrinks, it becomes more and more desperate of a situation if you want to build a national health insurance solution for the entire country. So improve traditional Medicare and help Congress understand that this number of how much money we're squandering or letting Medicare Advantage companies take from us is much larger than what they think. And that piece about how large this dollar amount is, that has bipartisan across the political spectrum appeal. I just said what I think we could do with the money if we stopped letting them take it. But regardless of what we think we should do with it, liberals, conservatives, uh, libertarians, progressives, moderates, everybody agrees that we shouldn't be letting them take all this money. And at a time right now, when Congress is so focused on the debt and the debt ceiling, and when they realize that we're not talking about $5 billion or $10 billion, we're talking about at least $150 billion a year, we've had some conversations with Republican members of Congress, along with Democratic members of Congress, some people that are tend to be much more conservative and tend to be liberal. We've had these conversations, and they go, what? <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> Wait a minute. So if there's one thing that you could do... Now, I would say it's regardless of how progressive or conservative your members of Congress are, talk to them about the facts of these numbers. Take the PNHP report, print it out or email it to them. Go to protectmedicare.net. The report's up there, all kinds of other stuff. Sign the petition that's on there. A lot of tools at protectmedicare.net and use those to go talk to your members of Congress if you have somebody who is receptive to the notion of Medicare for all and single payer, that's what you know I'm focused on. But if they're not, at least focus on the common ground of stop wasting this money. It's a much bigger number than what they realize. And when you get them to realize it, they're much more likely to become your ally at, at least focusing on stopping this. And understand, help people understand how much money this is. That is really great information, Ed. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. I'm sure we will be continuing this conversation with you in the future. This is Karen Greenstone and Dr. Rob Stone for Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio in Bloomington, Indiana. To your good health, everyone, please stay safe and thank you for listening. We may never see this moment, a place in time.